You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm your host for today's show, Aaron Richards, joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Mr. Brad Pirin. What's up, brother? Dan Demite. Woo-woo! Dan, I, I noticed that you tend to give high fives ambidextrously. Uh, Is that I, hard for you? I oh. am a left-handed human being, and since most people function with their right hand, I have to conform to the world mm. sometimes, <laughs> even though St. Paul says in <laughs> Romans chapter 12, do not conform, conform yourself okay, to, okay, the, okay, to the, the world. world but. You should just cross over. Like yeah, That would be uh, weird, but it'd be awesome. Regardless, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I am right-footed. Left-handed, right-footed. I don't understand so, why. Dan's telling us he's bizarre. Could you ever imagine if, that? Uh, yeah. If this is your first time joining us on the Beyond Damascus <laughs> show, uh, this is the show where we try to answer you, our our viewers, our listeners' questions, and to uh, speak our two cents on how that the church has answers for the questions that we may have. And uh, at the conclusion of the show, we, we switch it up, and each of us will share one point on how we maintain the mission momentum of this topic throughout the course of our week. So it's so good to have you here with us. Thank you for joining us today. This is a show on a mission as well, uh, as we've shared the last few weeks, but we have a generous donor who has agreed that for every new subscriber to this show, uh, this donor will make a contribution in support of our flagship program here at Damascus called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. So if you want to send a kid to camp, uh, to subscribe to this show and share it with your with your friends. Jack, would, oh, you, would, yeah. you, would you lay it on us, brother? What's Come the question on, today? Jack. <clears throat> this okay. week's question. This week's question is, is prophecy necessary for the Christian life? Ooh. Mm, I like that. That's a fun one. Is prophecy necessary for the Christian mm-hmm. life? This is this is actually one of my uh, one yeah, of my favorite alley, topics. Aaron. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, oh, I'll throw in my two right cents away. right up early. Spicy oh, week. Oh, oh, another I, Hold on. Well, yeah, they're gonna read dry. Oh, okay, fourth try. No, uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to go to scripture. This is, you know, the. <laughs> I was trying to clean up Aaron's yeah, mess, okay. and I messed okay. it but up even more. You're That is a hard place. I, was, I did throw that with my right hand. Yeah. The Word of God offers us some good, uh, <laughs> some good response to this question. Is, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll remind us again: Is prophecy necessary to the Christian life? Mm-hmm. And uh, Saint Paul speaks really beautifully on the concept of of spiritual giftedness, spiritual gifts of love and specifically of prophecy. You've often heard it said at a wedding maybe that uh, we, we have a reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? If I, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. This is the place. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. I'm, I'm re-educating our, our family right now on, on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. <laughs> but 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 form what I like to call a love sandwich. Oh okay? yeah, I'm ready you've for got, this. You've got this, this, this chapter 13 verse, or this chapter 13 in the middle, the, the way of love as it's designated in, in my little Bible. And on the front end, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 speaks extensively about the spiritual gifts and how we are one body with many members. And then chapter 14 speaks on the gift of prophecy and tongues specifically. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse one. If there's anything else in scripture that would answer this question, 
I think it's this, make love your aim and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Okay, so <laughs> if, if this is the book that determines if something's necessary for Christian life, I think St. Paul answers the question pretty conclusively. Especially <laughs> to prophesy. At, yeah, that's it. That's, not, that's my two cents. That's my two cents. That's your two cents. Yeah. Okay, so it is necessary because St. Paul says it's necessary. Yeah, and because this is the this is the normal means by which a Christian is 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 called to express love, right? Yeah. The spiritual gifts aren't just accidental or accessory things yeah. that, that we're supposed to live at Christians as Christians, but these are precisely the ammunition that God's given us mm-hmm. to actually live out the call of first Corinthians 13. Yeah. Aaron, I, I would, so if I'm ignorant of really understanding, how do you live out the spiritual gift of prophecy? What is a, a time where you activate in the gift of prophecy that enabled you to live out the mission of love most effectively? Ah, uh, great. What, let me answer generally first, and then I'll answer specifically. So um, generally, why does prophecy equip us to love? Because when we exercise, when we, when we pray for the gift of prophecy and manifest that in our lives, we speak the voice of God. And the voice of God is always a voice of love, right? Even if it's a voice of correction, it's always the voice of love. God is love. So when I speak the words of God, when I speak whether through scripture or whether a revealed word that's that's that the Lord's given to me in prayer, I I by nature of the word speak love, right? Um, just uh, yesterday morning, uh, I I was in my in my time of daily prayer, and as I'm praying and I'm talking with the Lord, He's speaking a word to me, and then He speaks uh, a word for somebody, um, a, a close friend of mine. So I I paused my conversation with the Lord and actually obedient to that will, I picked up my phone and and texted that message to a friend of mine, right? And um, that message was received in love and that person felt built up by it. And it's such, such a, it was such an easy way for me to see like the love of God poured out into me that then flows into the life of another. Yeah, one a critical element of that too is that like, we have to realize that God is speaking to us. Yeah, yeah. That like Jesus isn't someone who wants to stay hidden from us. He wants to speak words to us and words that are for us, but also words that are for others. Right. And like, um, I'm thinking of of when Jesus is mentioning himself as the good shepherd, my sheep know my voice, right. They know my voice. And if we know his voice, of course we should speak his voice because if he's going to love us with his voice, he wants to love others with his voice. And if they're not listening for him, let's listen for them and give them the words of love himself. Right. That's good. Well, I think it's sometimes even you have a harder time hearing God for yourself than you do for another person. Like I, I like sometimes like, especially when the, the voice of the devil is so prominent or the voice of lies can be so prominent where hmm. our self-talk almost becomes negative. Mm. And yeah. so we need people to prophesy into our life to remind us who we are. I, I mean, even last night, like my, my wife was struggling with something and what she was saying was ob- objectively wrong, right? Like she was like, Oh, I messed up this with the kid, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's not true. Like you're, you're, you're saying that to yourself because we, and we've all done that. We're like, Oh man, I really messed that up. And it's nice when someone speaks truth over us yeah. and really prophecy is hearing the truth from the father and speaking that over someone because they forget sometimes through the, 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 the lies of the evil one what the voice of truth is for themselves. That's Beautiful. right. Yeah. And I wonder why that is. What do you guys think about that? Like, 
I, I completely agree, Dan, but it seems like there might be like a purpose in that, that we can hear God's voice sometimes for others more accurately or more clearly than we can for ourselves. I think some of it's community, right? Like that the Lord didn't design Brad for Brad. He designed Brad for himself. And one of the best ways for Brad not to get obsessed with Brad is by letting others speak into my life, right? Uh, le- letting others speak truths that I couldn't speak to myself, right? I, I don't know. No, I is is there other, I'm, I'm just kind of externally processing this, well, but it's self gift. Yeah. yeah. Man, man fully discovers himself through a sincere gift of self. So yeah. there is something about giving of myself to another through allowing the Lord to speak to me and hearing the word of the Lord for another. And then giving that word to another, there's something that I'm it's yeah, I'm, I'm acting as man was meant to, right? Okay. Like yeah. uh, man, man and woman were meant to give themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Who's yeah, next? I'm up. I got it. I want to, yeah, man, this is exciting. Okay. I think I ran into the microphone, but, um, okay. So I want to start with the, just the reality that like, I, so Nina and I have a little one coming soon, which is so, so fun. And yeah. um, actually when this airs, we may already have the little one in the world, but we'll see. I'll see whenever this is released. But um, the the Lord has written something in the natural that he's revealing to us in a supernatural way through prophecy. And the little one that Nina is currently carrying knows my voice and Nina's voice already. Hmm. The little one doesn't know our faces, doesn't know our presence, much differently than just that we're close or far away. The little one knows our voice before it knows our face. And so too with God, that like God oftentimes will reveal his voice before he reveals his face. And and I think it's even true with just <laughs> like our relationship with one another. It's funny because when people pass away, you'll oftentimes anymore have people that save their voicemails because we can't see their face anymore, but their voice, there was something about their voice. There's something in us where our voice is a part of us and the Lord's voice is a part of him. And the Lord again, wants to speak to us. He doesn't want to hide himself from us. And when we understand that, what we can begin to understand is that God designed all of us for his voice. And he also designed us for his face, but a lot of times his voice will allow us to be yielded enough to see his face differently. And so if the Lord's going to speak to us in prayer, which we believe he does, if he's going to speak to us through the sacraments, which we believe he does, if the Lord's going to speak to us through the magisterium, which we believe he does, if the Lord's going to speak to us through scripture, through the catechism of the Catholic church, if he's going to speak to us through the writing of the saints, if he's going to speak to us in all of those ways, then what we can be sure to know is that that he wants to speak to other people too. And the moment that we realize that we begin to see the Christian life differently, God speaks to me and he wants me to speak to others, but he doesn't want me to speak as Brad would speak to others. He wants me to speak as he would speak to others because the goal of the Christian life, if we're going back to the question is to bring all people to the Lord, myself, my family, those most immediate to me and the whole world. And the Lord's voice is that which brings order. It brings order to all chaos. Look at the beginning, right? In the beginning, God spoke. Hmm. He spoke. And what's amazing about this though, is you have the, the tohu va bohu, right? Like the, the chaotic waters. Hmm. Like say that again. Yeah, say that again. Va va bohu. Yes. So the chaotic waters. Spell it. And uh, I can't spell it. <laughs> I want to be able to just to like stick it to you, yeah. but I can't. Um, uh, if you know how to spell it, please so, add yeah, it to the comments comment below. to Brad that you're smarter than he is. No, um, no but at the beginning you have this this like this scene of chaotic waters and the Lord speaks and then the order begins, but the order doesn't completely eliminate the chaos because he still has more to speak, 
right? Like it's not like it goes from pure chaos to pure order. All of a sudden you start seeing this procession of order coming into the chaos because he still has things to say. And even after the fall, right? He still has things to say. The things in the world aren't going to be completely orderly after we start prophesying, but each word from the Lord is going to bring it closer and closer to that perfect order, which is harmony with him. And so again, the reason that I think we can for sure believe that prophecy is critical to the Christian life is because prophecy is the primary means by which God reveals himself to us in his word and the primary way that we reveal him to the nations mm. through his word. And the goal of the Christian life is union with him. I love that. I, I love the idea of his word bringing order to the chaos. Yeah. It, it, like you just see that in ministry to another person, right? Like if you're doing prayer ministry and you're praying with a person and, and the Lord speaks a word to you and you share that with them, like, it, you see order bringing, I mean, you see that word bringing order to the chaos of what they're going through in that moment, right? They start to cry or they experience peace and consolation. Yeah. But even like we hear a lot, like people will be like, oh, I, I just opened my mouth and all of a sudden I like God was just, he just took over, you know? And it's like that, I mean, that could be the gift of prophecy where like the Lord's just speaking the words that you don't have in that situation. And he's just bringing what that person needs right then and there. That's right. Dan, what you got? Well, for my two cents? Oh, I guess share my two cents. Boom. All right. So I think uh, the question was, is is prophecy out necessary for... <laughs> Get so excited, I kicked the table. I know. Is prophe- prophecy necessary for the Christian life? I think... Um, that could go one of two ways because it's are we what are we talking about when we talk about prophecy? Are we talking about the spiritual gift of prophecy, which it, 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 you guys have really angled your answers around the spiritual gift of prophecy? Uh, I can angle it a little differently. I think I think the office of prophet or um, what we see in the Old Testament prophecy is also necessary. So we see almost two kinds of prophecy. In the Old Testament, we see the office of prophet where there's one person, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, Ezekiel, that they are prophets to the nation. And um, and God speaks his word to the prophet so that the prophet can share the word to the people of God. And a lot of times the word was a word of, of, of consolation, God speaking the promise of his covenant that mm-hmm. I will not leave you. You are my people. Those are consoling words. Uh, uh, but also sometimes it was a word of warning where the prophet would say, thus says the Lord, if you turn, if you don't turn from your wicked ways, you will end up destroyed. And, and you see prophets like Jeremiah who really struggle with that because they're prophesying that if you don't turn from your wicked ways, you will be destroyed the people don't listen and then they get destroyed and they get sent into the Babylonian exile, right? So misery sometimes comes when the prophet or the prophecy isn't uh, heard. And, and in the New Testament, you, you see this as well, where it's a spiritual gift where it's no longer limited to one person, but because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're all made prophets. So in the Old Testament, oh, just a couple people were cool enough. But in the New Testament, blessed be God, we're all prophets. Mm-hmm. That's why when we're baptized, we're anointed with oil, just like the Old Testament prophets were anointed. We're anointed with oil so we could be priest, prophet, and king. And we were anointed to be a prophet. So what does that mean? It means I have the ability as a Catholic to hear from God, as you guys are saying, and to speak that word. 
And not only is it to hear from God to speak a word of love and consolation, which is a spiritual gift, and we should do that, right? That in prayer ministry or in conversation that we hear from God and we speak for words of love and consolation, but also for truth and justice, just like the Old Testament prophets did. So I'm acting in prophecy when I'm speaking out against the sin of abortion, or I'm acting as a prophet when I speak against the fact that there are poor and homeless that are being ignored in my city. I'm acting as a prophet when I see someone being mocked and ridiculed at my college and I stand up for them and say, we don't do that as a people. And I, so is prophecy necessary for the Christian life? Absolutely. Not only because of the spiritual prophecy that you guys have shared about, but because I have a spiritual responsibility to be the voice of truth in the in the world today that is losing their mind. And so God, through the church teaching, has given me his mind, and God, through church teaching, has given me his voice, and I need to share the mind of Christ, the, the voice of Christ, the will of God in the world today. And I, as, as a prophet, I think, especially in the world today, we need to do this um, in the same way Jeremiah did, like, if you don't turn from your wicked ways, it could lead to your destruction. Not you as an individual, not only you as an individual, but you as a nation. Like if America doesn't turn from her wicked ways, we're, we're in, we're in a pattern of self-destruction. And so prophecy is necessary to help speak the voice of the truth and the voice of the church to help guide humanity on the right track, uh, specifically, I think, in the realms of justice, right? And this is where we fail. We fail when the voice of truth is louder than the love we give. And so mm-hmm. if, if the church is saying, like, through prophecy, uh, abortion's wrong, abortion's wrong, abortion's wrong, but then we don't have, we don't have acts of charity to care for the woman who is struggling, who's unwedded and already has children and, and, mm-hmm. and doesn't have financial resources for another, like our acts of charity have to be just as no, our acts of charity have to be greater mm-hmm. than the voice of proclamation. And so like, we can't say like James says this, right? We can't say like you like go, what does James say? Dang it. It's like the, uh, be, be warm and well fed. Yeah. You can't say be warm and well fed if you're not willing to be the one who, um, it, it feeds them and clothes them. And so I think we need to make sure that our voice of truth that we preach in this nation is matched by an even greater act of love. It's the way that we love that gives authority to the voice of truth that we speak. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm seeing such a tie between what you were saying and Aaron, like literally because you were doing so well, Dan, I didn't uh, interrupt, but when you were saying like our acts of charity have to be greater than the proclamation of the truth or else the proclamation of truth's a resounding gong. Yeah, It's just something people get tired of listening to. It just seems repetitive and like something I've heard before and you tune it out, right? Like I was laughing uh, yesterday. I had some of my department here at Damascus over and we were doing like a quarterly retreat and at my house, the, uh, the washing machine makes this like little tune whenever it's done and I don't even hear it anymore. But everyone that was there is like, that's like the longest ringtone ever. (laughs) And I was like, it's so funny because I've tuned it out because it's constantly playing in the background. And that's what people do to truth whenever it's not accompanied with love. 
That's insane. And that's our problem in the world today. The yes. Catholic Church for the secular world is a resounding gong. gong. Our voice of truth doesn't matter anymore because our acts of love have, mm-hmm. they've, they've seen, we don't love enough. And so if we want the church's authority to be received, mm-hmm. we've got to start loving with more power. That's right. Cause they question the, they question the sincerity of the proclamation, right? Cause oftentimes even in the church, we'll hear, well, we have to make sure that uh, love can't be divorced from truth. It's like, yes, and truth can't be divorced from love. Like, let's just make sure to speak both sides, right? Like, no, you're not loving by simply appeasing everyone in their sin, right? Like, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is you need to look someone in the eye, recognize them as a human person that's called to greatness, that's called to be one with the Lord. And then from that heart, then speak the truth and see well, it's efficacious when that happens. And of course it is, right? This, this sounds like a perfect transition to me. Does it? I mean, well, no, here's the deal. Cause we're, we're not, we're not called to just be a show or a Christian yeah. whose, whose life is about talk. Right. But, but we need to be, we need to be oriented toward mission. So That's right. I'm excited as, as we shift into mission momentum um, here at the tail end of the show, how it is that we can actually live this reality, right? How is it that we can actually demonstrate this? I'll love? go first, just based off of the two cents I gave. I think if if you're the kind of person that usually doesn't say anything when people are speaking things that are sinful. So if you're at work and the lunchroom and people are saying things that are off kilter and, or they're on a different side of an issue, this week, say something, speak truth. If they're talking about something sinful, say something, right? If you're the type of person that usually says something <laughs> this week, love. Don't say anything and just love the person that you usually would say something to and learn to master both saying something and loving. My son Diggory uh, plays some online games every once in a while with his buddies. He's, he's in like a Minecraft group with his, with his friends from school. And the other day he came up to me really proud and uh, said, dad, one of my friends came up to me and affirmed me on the way that I always just speak so charitably mm-hmm. and don't get into the banter and the negativity that the rest nice. of the friend group does. And yeah, it's, it's um, being that, that constant voice of truth. You may feel like you're swimming upstream, but like your word is efficacious. It, it, it will transform hearts and it communicates the love of God. Yeah. And just so those listening, like hear what Dan's saying, cause it's powerful. Like you're not creating a dichotomy between loving and saying something. You're saying, should I say something in love or not say something in love? Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's prudence. Like we need, we need to be willing to not just go in with the same tool we always use. Because of course, if you were going to demolish a house versus build a house, you would have different tools in your hand. Like there's different assignments in our life that we need different tools for. So I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's out there and they're like, I use this one tool every time because that's the tool God's given me. It's like diversify your your tool belt a little bit. I right? used to just be the hammer. Just the bam, hammer, just bam, like, yeah, bam. Yeah. Which in college, goes I'll tell you, drywall. Yeah. yeah, it did not work yeah, it, all the time. <laughs> because, and, and that's in the Lord, like, appointed us to bear fruit that will remain. I'm just trying to go at this because I don't want to just go at the end of the day and check the box that says, I did mission today. Mm-hmm. I want to check the box that says, I brought the Lord today, which, which, literally suggests fruit. I can go on my, uh, go for it. um, mission momentum. I, I think that it would be good for anyone listening, us maybe included uh, in the next week, whenever you're leaving prayer, like connect with the Lord 
just about someone in your phone. And one of the ways I like doing this, I, you can figure out a different way if it would work better, but I, I will sometimes open the contacts in my phone and I'll just scroll through until a name just stands out to me, someone I haven't talked to in a while. And when that happens, if, if we all could commit to it, like every day this week, do that at the end of your prayer time. And as you're scrolling through whatever names highlighted, click on them and send them just a word. A, a word of affirmation. Maybe it's really specific. Maybe it's just, hey, thinking about you today, you came up in prayer. I hope all is well. But like, it can be as vague as that or as specific as, hey, the Lord showed me this image in my imagination for you. Like whatever it is, take that step because it's it's going to be um, in the feedback that we're able to go to the Lord and see where, where mission is critical, where this Pro- prophetic sense that we have, it, it brings real change. Yeah. I've done this, the phone scroll game before yeah. and I like landed on Donato's pizza. Did, did you do, no, no, I was like, what did do you I do him? with that? I didn't. I should have. Oh. I have to repent. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to call Donato's pizza and just <laughs> uh, on my way home and yeah. just mm. speak a word. That to would remember. be awesome. Let, us, right. let us know how it goes. Leave, I'll, I'll let you know. Leave, leave a comment. <laughs> I'll leave it a comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for my mission momentum today, uh, when I heard the question uh, is, is, the gift of prophecy um, critical for the life of a Christian. I, I I hear some of us who might believe this is important, but don't yet have the confidence to be able to do it. And I think in both of you guys' uh, challenge that that's really lifted up, the voice of the Lord amongst all the other things that he does, he speaks identity. And I think that one of the best ways to speak identity is just to call out the goodness that you see in a person and that's something that oftentimes comes natural, naturally to us because it feels uh, affirming, and uh, we want to be we want to be affirming people, right? Um, complimentary people. But uh, I, I would encourage you this week that that when when something comes up to you, when you think about another person and think about something that you admire in them, to actually go out of your way to look them in the eye and to affirm that uh, this is a this is a really valuable part of your identity that. I see this gift in you. I see this grace in you. And I want to affirm who you are as an impact in my life or as a son of God on mission in the church today. Mm-hmm. All right, that's, uh, that's mission momentum for us. Friends, as we wrap up today's show, I want to thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus. This is the show where encounter meets mission. And if this show was edifying for you or challenging for you, I'd invite you to engage with us, to share this show with somebody who uh, you think might, need it or benefit from it. Also to comment if you've got questions or concerns, or if you would like to have your question answered or uh, developed here on the show, please leave a comment. And of course, subscribe so we can get some campers here at Catholic U Summer Camp. It's been a joy today. And as always, remember that mission, mission makes, makes sense. sense. Yes, it does. God bless. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's episode on www.ewtn.com forward slash radio forward slash podcasts, or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We will be right back after a short commercial break. This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. I know for a fact that we have brothers and sisters who are not Catholic, who are not even believers in Jesus, who listen to Catholic radio because they're looking for something 
that's going to edify their souls. They're searching for truth, and they're not finding it in sports radio or political talk radio. They're finding it with Catholic radio. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. One of the reasons we should go to Mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive. And for the saints, they understood rightly that the time after Holy Communion, that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television. EWTN Global Catholic Network is the largest religious media network in the world. 11 global TV channels, English and Spanish radio networks with over 500 AM and FM radio affiliates, one of the largest Catholic websites in the world, dozens of podcasts every week, social media, electronic and print news services, and EWTN publishing. EWTN is the global Catholic network. For more about EWTN, visit EWTN.com. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Demite. I'll be your host today and I'm joined here in studio with my good friends, Brad Pierron yes, sir. and Aaron Richards. What's up guys? Hey, are you ready for another great episode today? I'm pumped. I'm very ready. It's going to be a party. Okay, friends, if you're joining us for the first time ever, this is the show where mission just makes sense. We Mm -hmm. want to throw out a question that maybe you get in mission or maybe you yourself has. We'll each give our two cents on the answer to that question, and then we'll just wrap up the show talking about mission momentum, how you can take uh, momentum into the week to live a life on mission. If you're joining us uh, again for the first time, this show is also a missionary show, which means uh, at Damascus, we have a flagship program called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. And if you subscribe to Beyond Damascus, we have a donor who will give us $10 for every new subscription this season, which is pretty amazing because uh, if we get a bunch of new subscriptions, we can actually send a lot of different kids to camp on camp scholarships so that young people can encounter the love of Jesus. So I, I, you know, let's test that limit. Yeah, yeah, let's test that limit. I did not ask. White block. (laughs) A rhombus. Okay, could you please, Jack, give us our question of the mm, day? mm, Um, First of all, way to just sell me out, Dan. Hey, I'm sorry. uh, (laughs) The question of today is why do we need to have a daily prayer life when we have the Mass and the sacraments? All right, so why do we need a daily prayer life when we have the Mass and the sacraments? Are those Ooh, not good enough? Who wants to throw in their two cents first and let us know? I do. I'm jazzed today. Two cents in the jar. Okay, let me get my thoughts together. I think where I want to start with this is, like, um, life is about relationship, and our lives 
are most immediately related to the things we do every day. And so a lot of times in life, we can look to like, flashy moments. So like this year is going to be defined by this vacation I take, or this year is going to be defined by this uh, retreat I go on. But really the the year will be defined by the things you do every day. And if if that's how we define a life, then the Lord wants to be actively a part of our life. And the best way, easiest way in all seasons to invite him into our life every day is through daily prayer. And it's funny because when we think about relationship with the Lord, we can, we can treat that exactly like we do our normal lives. We can think about the flashy moments, the moment that he broke through in my life in a new way, or maybe the moment that he came in a new, way whenever someone preached a specific word at a conference that I was at. But oftentimes when we look back at the end of our lives, at our journey with the Lord, it'll be that everyday encounter with him that really defines what our relationship with him was like. In scripture, we read the quote um, from Jesus when he is being tempted in the desert and the evil one tempts him to turn the stone into bread. And he says that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. And, you know, I, I don't want to speak like absolutely theologically here, but when you think about yeah. the, the bread alone, like the mass is amazing. Like the bread of life is there. The source and summit of our faith, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus is offered to us. And at the same time, it's not just by that bread that we live, but by the word that is not only now alive in us through that bread, but that wants to speak to us every day. And relationship comes from hearing that voice every day. That would be my two cents. Those are some good two cents. Thank yeah. you, Brad. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that, Aaron? Uh, I love that. And I love the, uh, usually you think of the the bread, the, the scripture is often, des- is often described as the bread, right? Mm-hmm. That this is our daily bread. And I love that distinction between between our daily bread and the word that flows forth from the mouth of God, because mm-hmm. certainly they're the same. Mm-hmm. But but we, you know, I can't just have a prayer life by possessing this thing. And for many of us, I think we we don't have a prayer life, even though we hear this word spoken to us, or it's it's not sufficient, right? But I have to actually engage and allow the Lord to speak through His word, and not just not just by His word already received. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a band when I was in high school that I like to oh, listen to. Let's get Ever, um, it, Never Gray. It, they were named uh, Everyday Sunday. And, yeah. Everyday Sunday. I, I thought it was a cool name for it. Was a Christian band. I was like, it, I want at my ever like high school day. I was like, I want my every day to be Sunday. Like I don't want to just hang out with Jesus on Sunday at Mass. I want every day to be Sunday, the Lord's Day. That this is the Lord's Day today, and. Um, and I think that's what you're saying. Like, if, if we're just saying, oh, my life is, I'm, I'm living life in Christ. I'm not living life in Christ if my life isn't in Christ. And so, like, my, I, I can't just live Sunday in Christ. I want to live every day Sunday in Christ. And so, I think, I think that's sweet that it's, it, Sunday's not enough. It's just, it's not the Christian life. We, we weren't made for, like, Sunday is meant to be the day where we go deeper and more with the Lord uh, through rest, but it's not the end game. Yeah. And think about the analogy too. Like I was mentioning, we can often define our year by the vacation we went on instead of what we did every day. Like the, the amount of hours that we spend at the kitchen table, if we're having family dinner every night is substantially more than that vacation. But what it does is it allows that vacation to be even better right? Because what happens is you're bringing the connection that you're getting at that table to the vacation with your family. And that same thing happens when we partake in daily prayer, that the relationship I am building with Jesus is now brought 
to the mass. So when I receive Jesus, I see him more completely. And it, and then it again, brings me back to daily prayer where I encounter him again and then receive him again to be more complete. And that's the way that we're supposed to live life. I got two cents. Oh, uh, and the flip. (laughs) Uh, Well, Can we do so. a slow motion, like uh, at some point? I've been I've been practicing. Yeah, I've been practicing before the show today. I came up early. As the wide block coins. that I am, according to Jack, I'm just gonna. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Two cents. Uh, have Have you ever been in a situation where you went, you were you were snuggled into bed, and you realized that you hadn't yet brushed your teeth? Uh, I've been there. This it's is the worst moment ever. I proceed it's happened to, fall to me once or twice, sometimes. and I do not fall asleep. It's, <laughs> I uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Teaching a child how to how to learn how to brush their teeth is is different than my experience as an adult, right? I've got five kiddos and four of them currently brush their teeth, but the only one I force them to. Okay, it, this is a habit that you learn, and if left to our own devices, my two senses, uh, human beings by nature are not very good at prevention, right? <laughs> that, that we don't we 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 often don't see things coming down the pike, but we we respond and. Uh, we can adjust and and make new plans, but like brushing our teeth, making our bed, filling your car up with fuel, like these are things that we have to uh, train ourselves in, disciplines we have to train ourselves in so we can live a healthy life. And I would suggest that, uh, yes, the mass and the sacraments, these are, these are good um, foundation stones that we need to have uh, in our life living as Catholics. But if we're not establishing a, a, a discipline and a routine that builds a lifestyle of a healthy spiritual life in us, uh, we're not going to know how to love well. So I, I, yeah, I think prayer, prayer life is critical, um, not because God needs it, but because I need it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I do too. Yeah. I'm taking some business classes right now. So when you were speaking that one of the first things that came to mind is one of the biggest businesses, one of the like... I don't know, most demanded things in the world is insurance. (laughs) Like insurance is because we'd rather assure later that when it breaks down, we still have something then prevent it from happening in the first place. And I think that like um, prayer is actually exactly what you were saying. It's it's the best way to ensure that later in life, I don't need to like somehow earn it all in the case of one year, because over time I've steadily built a relationship that I'm now leaning on in the the latter moments of my life. And just in lived experience too. I mean, there's, there's so many times when I've been in an unhealthy rhythm in my life where I think that like things are spiraling out of control or I, I don't have focus and discipline and creativity in my day or peace in my day. And then I realized like when I have a solid routine of of prayer that I begin my day with an with an investment of of peace mm-hmm. and of of creativity and of life and of rooting myself in the Word. Like those are the best days. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if you're if you're missing that, maybe there's an opportunity. For- Your two cents reminds me of um, a friend. Uh- his name is John. I can't remember what happened to his son. Something horrible, a car accident, a motorcycle accident. He ended up in critical condition and um, it was it was just really bad. His whole body was basically mangled and destroyed. And I remember reaching out to him and said, John, like, like, dude, how are you doing? And he said, um, he said, I've, I've had a daily prayer life for 
I think he said like 30 plus years and I never really needed it. Like it wasn't like I needed that grace that, and he's like, but the, the 30 years of prayer, I'm feeling all of that consolation right now that it was as if it was, it was prevention. Like the, there wasn't a daily crisis that was putting him on his knees to cry out to God, but because he went on his knees every day to cry out to God, when the storm came, all the grace was there. He was ready for it. And, uh, or, you know, like, um, we have a friend, Aaron and I have a friend uh, that he says, when you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice, right? And so like that daily prayer, it's prevention that when you get squeezed, what do you want to come out of you? I don't, I don't want nastiness to come out of me when I get squeezed. I want prayer to be something that has created the disposition in me that when I get squeezed, I'm uh, good things come out. The fruits <laughs> of the Holy Spirit come out. Yeah. I can't remember the saint who said this, but, uh, they said that if you're, if you're finding yourself in a sin pattern in your life, pray the rosary every day. And over time, what'll happen is you'll either stop praying the rosary or you'll stop sinning. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, and it, I think that the same underneath that is exactly what you're saying, Dan, that over time, like I'm, I'm combating the things that come against me in my day by starting my day in a, in a peaceful and surrendered state to the Lord, because I know that whatever comes in my day won't be a surprise to the Lord, even if it's a surprise to me. And so when I take what he's doing in my heart with me, as I go again, we, we don't have to, uh, we don't have to cure as many things on the back end, like Aaron say. Nice. So Brad's two cents, your life is not just the big moments like baptism, confirmation, right. uh, first reconciliation. Your your life is the every moment, right? Aaron, uh, prayer is a great preventative methodology <laughs> to make sure- It's not just a recipe, but- <laughs> Aaron yeah. makes his children brush his teeth. That's what we've not learned today. My brush teeth. Okay, my two guys. cents. All right. So- I hope um, that's not true. <laughs> why do we need a Did you realize pray? you said that? Wait, what's that? You said I made- my children brush my teeth. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to each other really well on Beyond Damascus. That's disgusting. Come, oh, children, just reading between the lines, Aaron. Okay, it's not. That'll be the uh, that'll be the the title image of this show. Yeah, yeah. Aaron <laughs> makes his children brush his teeth. Yeah. All right. So why do we need to pray every day, um, or why do we have to have a daily prayer life when we already have the mass and the sacraments? Is the question. I, you know, I this assumes that we're supposed to have a daily prayer life, and I think that is possible. That some people listening to this haven't heard the beauty of having a, a regular daily prayer life, and so there is something I think that's beautiful that has come from Vatican II when uh, the universal call to holiness was this eruption of um, different lay associates having a, a more structured prayer life in their everyday life as Catholics, spending time with the Word, spending time uh, with the daily readings, really diving into a, a time with God. And I think the beauty of a daily prayer life, in my mind, is that um, I want— I want an ongoing relationship with Jesus, right? Paul says, uh, pray without ceasing. And my wife always says, you can't pray at— at at all times if you don't pray at specific times. And so it's impossible to pray without ceasing if I don't have a, a habitual time where I pray every day, where I, I set time aside to be with the Lord. And the beauty is this is God's desire for us is not visitation, right? He doesn't just want to come to visit us on Sundays at mass or come to visit us at, at, at moments. God's desire for relationship with us is inhabitation. They, it's not visitation, it's inhabitation. The Holy Spirit dwells within, uh, that the, the mystics have taught us that the, the spiritual journey is discovering the God, not 
outside of us, but the God who lives inside of us, the God within. And um, the so why have a daily prayer life? I think it's because you discover just how close Jesus is, that you discover that um, the relationship with Jesus is unlike any other relationship you could ever have. Like right now I'm at work and because I'm at work, I'm not with my wife and I love my wife. I have a good relationship with my wife, but I can only be with my wife in certain moments. Right now, I'm in relationship with Jesus. He's with me, right? That when I'm driving by myself somewhere, I'm by myself in the car uh, and I'm not with you guys, but I'm with Jesus. So there's something so profound about relationship with God that wherever I am, God dwells within. And when you discover that you have a living relationship with God at every moment, it changes everything, right? That there's an internal dialogue that we have, not by myself, but with another. And that internal dialogue, learning how to have that internal dialogue, how to speak to him and how to hear him speak to me, it literally changes everything because now I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I'm always in eternal internal dialogue with the one who loves me. That's what Jesus means when he says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Rest with me, right? Remain in me. And there's uh, there's moments, I've been going through a, a, some, a season of hardship and in some of the, those moments of hardship, I can't even put words to what I'm feeling. So like, if I want to talk with you about it, Aaron, or I want to talk to my wife about it, I actually don't even have words to talk to someone about it. But when I go to prayer, I kind of go like this. And God just knows what my huff means. Like he gets it. He uh, There's understanding in that intimacy and he can just huff back. And you can't have that relationship with any other human at every single moment. So mass is beautiful. The sacraments are beautiful. They're the ordinary means of grace, but grace is also found in the moment. And those grace-filled moments are found through a regular, sustaining, abiding intimacy with God that's discovered through prayer. Yeah, that's beautiful, Dan. Yeah, I love that. I, I was, when you were speaking, I was brought to Acts 2, and as you were speaking, I was just reading through what the early church did, and it emphasizes every day, right? It emphasizes every day, and it says that they met in the temple area, and what were they doing there? They were praying, and what else did they do? They broke bread, right? So it's showing us very clearly at the beginning this, this communal pursuit of God in the sacraments, but also all of them taking individual time to pray in the temple area with God were essential to continuing to push forward in the faith and to, and to really live the lives they were going to be called to. Cause like you said, like the apostles of all of us, imagine how isolated, lonely, misunderstood they were in the world of that day, you know, and they found solace in every day, that meeting with the Lord that then accompanied them when they went to Asia and when they went to the ends of the earth. And even though they didn't have any one next to them, they had him and that that can drive us through the best seasons of life in celebration and drive us through the hardest seasons of life. Mm, Dan, you were circling around uh, John chapter 15 and I would just invite, that's a great place if you're, if you're looking for more information on kind of that concept of abiding in the Lord. And there's a, one, of the, one of the highlight phrases there is John 15, five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And just to remind ourselves of that, that apart from the Lord, we, we can do nothing, but that's not, it's not a, a curse or a threat. It's because God desires that our lives bear fruit. 
Well, and the fruit that he desires is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not like that you you accomplish a lot of good things for him. It's that he wants peace, love, joy, gentleness, kindness, generosity, patience, faithfulness, and self-control just to, to pour out of us in those times of need and in our everyday lives. And so the everyday life, fruit of the Holy Spirit pour out. And the prevention, so the, in the times of need, fruit of the Holy Spirit pour out. And that is discovered in prayer. Well, and he wants you to know what's on his mind. Like I was thinking about John 15 when you were reading that, Aaron, where it says that no one, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And then he says that line, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. Like we, we can sometimes get caught up in this like Sunday obligation where I have to go on Sunday because God's counting on me being there, but that's that's this mentality of a slave where I have to, instead of this opportunity where I get to. And that happens through that daily prayer life. Like he lets me know what he's doing. He shows me what he's doing in my life. He shows me what he's doing in my family's life. He shows me what he's doing in the church's life. Like the master wants to let us know what he's doing. He doesn't want us to simply feel like we have to do something for him. He wants us to see that every step that he's asking us to take is unto something. And he wants to bring that goodness to yeah. us in daily prayer. He says, I no longer call you slave, but a friend. Friend. And yeah. I, I, I used to think that was so stupid. I, I was like, ah, like, friend? Like, no, Jesus, you're Lord. You're King of Kings, <laughs> Lord of Lords. Like, what? I don't, friend, friend? Like, and I think as I was looking at, like, from a middle school, like, friend reality, mm-hmm. um, but, like, recently that's been so consoling to me just of, like, no, like, this deep friendship with him where he is, he's ever abiding and, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. ever understanding and ever, ever with. Like there's, there's something so beautiful about that. And if you're, if you're hungry for friendship, if you're hungry for unity, intimacy, like whatever you're looking for, like you have a friend in Jesus. (laughs) No, but it's true. And Aaron, I know you love C.S. Lewis as much as me because you named your son after a C.S. Lewis character, but, um, C.S. like. I think what Gandalf? First, did you, first, do you first have, name basis? Wait, that's not CS Lewis. You are no, you're dig, digging no, a ditch. I know he's like Gandalf. That's not I was like, wait, CS wait, Lewis. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I yeah. Aaron's son Gandalf. No, yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> oh gosh, Dan's hanging under a stupid Lewis, rock. In, in the Four Loves, he he um clearly lays out how profound filio love is friendship love, because he says it's the one that chooses the other without, without ulterior motive, without like, it's just, it's a free exchange. It actually brings us closest to agape because it's this choosing. It's, it's not prompted by some internal drive of romanticism or even from like a a paternal or maternal instinct. It's driven by an exchange and like Jesus chose us. Like it was not you who chose me, but I, who chose you. And because he chose us, then when we choose him, something comes together and that relationship is brought into mission. Amen. I'm shifting gears right now. Uh Boom. We've moved. We're now moving into the part of our show called mission momentum, where we Mm -hmm. talk about how do we take this concept of a daily prayer and allow this to be a missional component of our everyday life. Who wants to go first? Let me jump in. All right. Thank you, Aaron. So one of the reasons that we fall out of love with daily prayer uh, is, is because we change, Right. Um, I mentioned I've got a couple kids at home and establishing a routine of daily prayer for them means I have to stay flexible because the uh, developmental mindset of a five-year-old changes every two months, right? Changes every two weeks, two days. And I need to always be ready to respond and ready to ready to uh, shift things around to build a good establishment of prayer, but also to meet her in the moment. And uh, 
the same is true of me, right? Mm -hmm. That what works on one day to keep me connected may not work on another day. There's something to be said for good, solid routine and discipline, but I like to take an assessment every two weeks to ask myself, is what I'm committed to in daily prayer bearing the fruit that I want it to bear in my life and that the Lord has for me in those moments? And if not, I need to dedicate some prayer time to think about praying, right? To actually ask, Lord, how is it that you want to speak? And is that different from what it was yesterday? That's so good. Yep. I just did that this morning. I was like, oh shoot, this is not working anymore. And you adjust what I'm doing because I'm not actually entering in as much as I should be. Mm -hmm. What's your mission momentum for the week? Uh, very specifically, it's uh, include intercession in your daily prayer. Because I, I think that oftentimes when we think mission, we can think those guys like Dan, Aaron, and Brad that have the chance to speak on retreats or speak on the podcast, they're doing mission, right? They're evangelizing people. And evangelizing matters. Like when you go through your week, look at opportunities where you can bring Jesus's name and his goodness into moments. But also a huge part of the mission of the church is intercession. Yeah. That prayer is not a passive activity. It's an active activity. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's something that we engage in that actually Actually shifts things. And so if you're in a state where daily prayer is hard to choose because you feel like it's selfish because there's other ways to spend your time or however you're wrestling with it, intercession can be a huge way to drive you into daily prayer. Like maybe start your time with the Lord with just everything on your heart. I pray for my family. I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids. I pray for my church whatever it is that's on your heart, because that can allow you to then really be present with the Lord. Yeah, I love that. Dude, yeah, if you're in the car for 20 minutes, yes. you could pray an intercessory rosary to like end abortion, to for the salvation yes. of souls, to change your loved one's heart. And that's so, not just a passing yeah. of the time. There's, there's like real activity. And sometimes we can just think, well, that's a secondary thing, you know? It's like, no, if we don't have intercession, love that. mission's impossible. I love it. Jeez, yep. okay, I guess I won't be listening every day Sunday in the car now. I gotta be praying my rosary. Um, that's exactly what I'm my saying. mission momentum <laughs> for the week is uh, if you don't have a daily prayer life, start one. Like say, I'm going to pray for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day. And then whoever is in your life that you're close to, that you want to have a daily prayer life, ask them to have a daily prayer life. It wouldn't be that weird if you said to your best friend or to your roommate or to your spouse, like, hey, I think we should pray every day. What if we start reading the daily scriptures together? Or what if we pray a rosary together every day? Or how about, can you keep, can we keep each other accountable to pray every day that I'm going to pray uh, each day? And at the end of the day, let's just check in to say, did you get your prayer in today? There's nothing more challenging when my own wife is like, Hey, um, have you been praying? I'm like, oh, duh, duh. you see my every move <laughs> you and know you're me. calling me out. <laughs> and so there's something powerful about uh, asking a friend to pray with you. You. Um, I like to ask people, honestly, who um, don't have a, a deep spiritual life, I like to call them with my with my intentions and ask them to intercede for me because I'm like, I'm tricking you. Because you love me, you're going to pray you for me. Pray. So I'll call them up. And even though I know they're not going to mass on Sunday or whatever, I'll be like, hey, I'm, I'm going through this. Would you mind praying for me through this? Or would you mind praying for this? And they, no one's ever said, no, no, I'm not going. Like it just, it, because it invites him into the, 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 the call to prayer. Yeah. They also reap what they sow. So, right. We teach that in mission support raising all the time, but also in intercession, like them praying for you when the Lord brings that grace into your life. Yes. It comes to them Thank too. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. We are bringing our show to a close. I hope this was edifying. Before we close, we want to remind you that mission, mission makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> Get it? Cause we.
throw two cents in yeah. and then we talk about mission. That's why it's you funny. You guys are going to start catching on how funny we are sooner or later. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We hope that you become an everyday missionary uh, because people need an encounter with Jesus Christ. Join us next week. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.